the lateral move strikes back. Yes, I've been trying to keep it classy here on Locked on Mizzou in the wake of Blake Baker's departure. But when he's starting to bring other assistant coaches with him, well, that's where I draw the line. So you know what? Let's talk about everything happening off the field right now and the Missouri defensive coordinator search coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and incorrect prognosticator on Lane Kiffin being the next Alabama coach. I will I will own up to that here right at the top. But also right at the top, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And, of course, not exactly what you want to see at this point in the year. Not only losing your defensive coordinator, but losing one of your defensive line coaches as well. Kevin Peoples, who had some ties to the state of Louisiana via Tulane University. Him and Baker, apparently fairly close. I believe they crossed over at Tulane as well. And, by the way, there's even some rumors that DJ Smith is an interesting name to watch as well. A guy that LSU has been at least banding about looking at. That That's the rumor and innuendo anyway. So as I said on my previous shows, hey, Blake Baker taking what is a half, an almost a dream job for him. I say half a dream job because, hey, head coach of LSU, that's the real dream job, dream job, excuse me, right? But defensive coordinator, well, that's pretty close. So you can kind of see the move. Also, he's getting a slight pay raise of maybe $200,000, maybe up, up to as much as a half million dollars over what Missouri was willing to pay him. I don't really think money has a lot to do with it in this particular case, but hey, you can't dismiss that and and be completely mad about it either without coming off like a complete hypocrite because, hey, I like money as well, as I'm sure you do too. But here's the thing. This really is the lateral move striking back, as as I joked here at the top of the show. And, and, And the joke is, of course, again, lateral move to me for 2024. I don't have to explain this for the 15th millionth time for those of you who are everydayers, but just in case you aren't, my whole thing about lateral move was specific to Blake Baker in 24 going from Missouri's defensive coordinator spot to LSU's defensive coordinator spot but clearly LSU as a program is above Missouri nobody was arguing differently on this here program and you see what's happening here LSU has not only do they have more money quite honestly than Missouri but there is a definite lure of that the historic nature of that program multiple time national champions and all that good stuff so i get it LSU fans you have the superior program i was never actually arguing any differently and honestly while this whole thing is less than ideal not only losing Blake Baker but losing Kevin Peoples as well, 
yeah, it's less than ideal, but for some reason, I just refuse to be bogged down into negativity. It's just not my nature, number one. But we also have a recent example of Eli Drinkwitz going out under worse circumstances than this and finding somebody who did a heck of a job in 2023. Because no matter what you think of the timing of Kevin Peoples leaving right now, it's a heck of a lot better timing than Marcus Johnson leaving after spring football last season. Of course, I'm talking about the former Missouri offensive line coach. And in particular, that was a spot that Missouri kind of needed to nail in 2023, coming off a really bad season in terms of run blocking and pass protecting for Missouri. Tigers were much, much, much better in all areas, I think, of line play. Other than, you know, maybe a few false starts here and there, some bad snaps. Hey, there's something we can work on for sure. But just in terms of actually improving the blocking up front, I don't know how you could have possibly expected that to go any better, considering, again, when Jones was hired. And that's just a tough spot to find good offensive line. It's just a tough position to fill. Good offensive line coaches are are certainly not a dime a dozen. They're really, really hard to find. And when you find them, you better hold on to them with both of your arms. That's for darn sure. And actually, I had this debate a few weeks ago about, hey, I think actually offensive line coach other than coordinators, is the most important assistant on the team. I actually had some people reach out and say, you know what, I actually think that strength and conditioning coach is the most important position because, well, essentially that's your off-season coach. Those guys, that guy can be around the team more in the off-season than, than the head coaches and assistants and all that stuff. And by the way, Pat Ivey, just a guy who during the Pinkle era was brought up by more than one, multiple, multiple former players as a guy who was kind of the secret sauce maybe to some of Pinkle's Pinkle's greatness, his winning ways, and all that good stuff. So I, I think that's a really good point is what I'm trying to say. I think strength and conditioning is way up there too. But you know what? Edge rushers are really important as well. So losing Kevin Peoples here, a guy who had developed like DJ Coleman, for example, Johnny Walker this past season, guys that had come to Missouri either from the portal, younger guys in high school. It seems like they've all developed pretty well for the most part at that position, sort of beyond where you would expect their rankings to be. So obviously this is a pretty big loss for Missouri. I will say it does seem like really the Missouri defense in general turned around when Al Davis, who is seems to focus more on the interior defensive line in terms of coaching, well, when he was brought onto the staff, that's really when it seems like the Missouri defense made a pretty significant turnaround, even before Blake Baker came on as defensive coordinator. So long story short, I'm not nervous yet. I understand that, and frankly, I was kind of waiting around on Friday. That's why I didn't do a Friday show. I was kind of going, you know what? I have a feeling maybe some news might break today. Maybe we'll at least get some rumors, something like that. But so far, this has been a quite a tight-lipped procedure and search here, interview process by Eli Drinkwitz and whoever else is involved because 
It's really kind of astonishing. He has to have interviewed some people by now. So the fact that none of that has come out, especially because it's not just that, hey, Missouri is really tight-lipped now. That's a good sign, in my opinion. But, of course, there's the other side as well. Why wouldn't these other coaches, their agents, that kind of thing, leak some stuff? I don't know. I just find it kind of interesting that we haven't heard anything so far. And honestly, your guess is as good as mine where we are in this process. Now, I've seen a lot of talk about, well, will Missouri be changing the defense? Really, we need what we really want is mostly continuity. You would think on paper, at least for 2024. Now, I'm sure. Eli Drinkwitz is mostly going to take a bigger picture view, but I'm just telling you, if I were Eli Drinkwitz, I don't know that you do need to take a hugely big picture view. You look at the way that assistant coaches have always moved around in college football, but in particular in in 2024, it just seems like anything is possible at just about any time. In fact, I wouldn't be betting my mortgage payment every month or anything that, that Kirby Moore is even around next season. Again, if, given given the choice, I'm saying he's going to be back. My point is I'm not betting my life on it. That's the deal. Anything is possible at this point. So when it comes to actually changing the defense, well, here's the good news, I think, for Eli Drinkwitz and Missouri. I just don't think that for the most part anything that Blake Baker did and this is not a criticism whatsoever, it's just an observation, but I don't think anything that he did defensively was so unique and complicated that if you bring in another coordinator, that that person is going to have to reinvent the wheel. And in fact, I think it's probably going to be, you know, at the beginning of the season, obviously Kirby Moore did a good job, but I think after a couple weeks in particular, a lot of Missouri fans, myself included, were like, we're going, man, this offense doesn't look a whole lot different than it did under Drinkwitz. Well, over time, of course, the subtleties of Moore and what he brought to the table it bared itself out. It became obvious eventually, but it took some time. The point is, I think we'll see a similar hire in that whoever this defensive coordinator is going to be, well, I think it'll be a similar style to what Blake Baker does. And you know what? Coming up on the program, let's talk a little bit more about that style of defense and exactly why I think it'll be fairly easy for the next Missouri Missouri defensive coordinator to replicate. But before we get there, let's talk about a fan duel because the NFL regular season is finished. We've got a couple more round one playoff games, and there's still plenty of time to get in on that action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, and you can even make your own parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays, in fact. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet an easy chip shot field goal. It's FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, that's Locked On Sports Today 
on YouTube. And when it comes to changing the defense, the new defensive coordinator, I think a lot of people would like to see, obviously, a mostly successful Missouri defense from the last couple years be mostly the same. But at the same time, there is going to be a little bit different personnel as there is every every season in college football. Now, I'll just say, starting up front on the Missouri defense, Kevin Peoples is gone, Blake Baker is gone, but when it comes to up front, especially with those edge rushers, I think the one-gap style defense, in other words, don't worry about getting uphill, playing two gaps, and read and react, all that kind of stuff. And in fact, again, one gap, I think that's pretty much, that's been the trend these days in college football. So I don't think that's a real unique style whatsoever. So that's not going to be a problem, I don't think, for Missouri. Now, to me, the question mark is next season, Will the defensive coordinator for Missouri play as much man coverage as Missouri has the last couple seasons under Baker? Now, a lot of that is the aggression with which Baker played. A lot of times, hey, you're bringing six or seven guys at zero coverage. It's going to be man-to-man 99% of the time. Most people aren't doing a zone on the back end of of a zero blitz. That, that just doesn't really make a lot of sense without getting too much into it. I'm not saying it never happens, but I am saying it pretty rarely happens. So it will be interesting again without Ennis Rakestraw, without Chris Abrams Drain. Those guys are those guys are so such good players last season. I'm seeing people on Power Mizzou debating on who was the best. So we're going to miss both of those guys. I really think so. But at the same time, hey, Drayden Norwood was pretty good when he was out there. Marcus Clark had his moments. Obviously, Toriano Pride coming in as a transfer from Clemson as well this offseason. So there's some options there for Missouri. And if they feel like they're some decent percentage as good, I don't think they can be as good or better next season at corner. I just find that unrealistic the likelihood of that is maybe one percent something like that so if we can just be solid there once again above average then maybe it is more of a man-to-man type concept but I could definitely see the next guy playing more zone next year again it's going to be the one gap up front get upfield and attack the quarterback if you can and also, I think, you know, the four two five, two linebackers, five defensive backs, basically Dalen Carnell is your your nickel guy, you know, as your star position hybrid linebacker slash safety, if you want to call it that, defensive back. I, I think that's gonna be the plan regardless. Again, maybe just a little bit more zone coverage is probably gonna be the biggest change you might see, and I'm not even sure of that. So to me, no matter who Missouri takes as your defensive coordinator next year, I just don't think that that person is gonna have to completely reinvent the wheel, and obviously that would probably be a mistake if they tried. And by the way, on the high school recruiting trail, Missouri with a big-time visitor here, five-star offensive tackle, number 11 overall player in the country, according to Rivals.com, is Michael Fasusi. And he's got three visits lined up here over the next couple weeks. Already took one to College Station a couple days ago with Texas A&M. And quite honestly, the fact that he left College Station without without committing to A&M and, I don't know, a half a million bucks in his pocket or something like that in, in name, image, and likeness loot there. The fact that he that he hasn't committed there is probably a good sign for Missouri. Missouri 
Also, January 20th is when the Tigers will get him, so that sounds like Saturday, and then a week from that Saturday, Oregon going to get a visit with that young man as well. So three teams that have been pretty known to throw out some NIL money here lately, and frankly, Missouri's been quite good at it, but A&M and Oregon, boy, those are some deep waters to be swimming in if you're the Tigers. Hopefully, somehow we'll get Michael Fasusi, but my my instincts are that that's probably not going to happen. Now, I went to the Missouri basketball game on Saturday against South Carolina, and it wasn't as though Mizzou was horrible or anything, but unfortunately, Sean East had one of his few off games of the season, and Missouri just did not execute well at all down the stretch. And not just the last minute, but the Tigers, you know, the offense just went off the rails once again the last few minutes. And, you know, when Missouri, you know, they took a timeout, by the way, with about 6.8 seconds left, and it seemed like we wasted a decent amount of time just trying to get the ball so deep that we could call timeout and then have an inbounds play from the baseline. I I understand that, hey, you'd rather have an inbounds play from the baseline than the sideline. I completely get it. I just wonder if wasting that extra maybe two, three, four seconds to try to get there, I wonder if that was actually worth it. Because I'll tell you, I think Dennis Gates draws up a heck of a baseline out-of-bounds play, but the guy can drop a heck of a sideline out-of-bounds play too. So, I don't know. Ultimately, Noah Carter did not get a good shot, by the way. I mean, a fading three-pointer, you know, ultimately that just didn't work out. It was poor execution, in my humble opinion. And by the way, Missouri... Did not trail in the second half. Somehow ended up losing in overtime anyway. Well, part of the reason was they were leading by three, of course, 62-59. And frankly, just the three-point shooter just got too easy of a look. A pretty simple, rudimentary down-screen action that was just wide open there. Ties the game at 62 with 19 seconds left. And there was a fair... There was a decent debate that I saw online about fouling in that particular situation. I don't know. To me, 20 seconds, 19 seconds, that's just too early to be fouling at that point in the game. I think you, you'd take a hack there. The Gamecocks make a couple free throws with a decent amount of time left. I almost think you're doing them a favor at that point. To me, how about just play better defense? How about that? Considering how often Missouri switches there and that's how, how often they switch ball screens, would have been a good idea to be more ready for that pin down screen and maybe switch that as well. At times, I get a little bit exhausted with the amount of switching, not only that I see by Missouri, but just in modern basketball in general. I'm talking college and in particular NBA basketball too. But I do think that is the one time where switching absolutely makes 100% sense is when you're up three. You don't want to give up a three, especially off of a simple ball screen action or just a pin down like we saw away from the ball as well. So just got to be better. Missouri's just got to be better down the stretch. Again, didn't think they were terrible in the game or anything, but fortunately the last two or three minutes of regulation left a lot to be desired. And coming up on the program... I want to talk a little bit more about Nick Honor once again because I've started to realize I think there's a real statistical correlation between Honor's recent struggles and Caleb Grill being out of the lineup, by the way. And by the way, speaking of missing people, 
I'm starting to miss Isaiah Mosley as well. So let's talk about the former Rockbridge product and a little more basketball as well. But first, let's talk about Jace Medical because I know we come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of real life. But can we talk for just a moment about prepping? For real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in more than a decade. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my daughters or my wife got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life saving medication they needed. Well, thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could truly happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to prepared to be prepared than it is today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your first order. Overall, when you look at Nick Honor's shooting percentages this season, they aren't that noticeably different than they were last season. But you know what? The first part of the season when Nick Honor was shooting the three like Stephen Curry, it's hard not to notice that the last few weeks it's been more like, oh, I don't know, James on Curry, for example, instead. Because honestly, I think this has a lot to do with Caleb Grill being out of the lineup for Missouri. And he's just been, while Grill did not get off to a great shooting start for Missouri, it seemed like he had started to find the stroke a little bit his last game or two before his wrist injury. But you know what? Just all the little things that Grill did defensively in rebounding Missouri misses that and I think Nick Honor in particular just misses that young man's presence his ability to just get shots up and and take take some attention off of Nick Honor by the way because he's now by far and away Missouri's especially when this latest streak started here without Grill well he was one of the best three-point shooters in the entire country we're talking 45 percent here before Caleb Grill was out and of course the Kansas game was the first game that Grill missed again three-pointers 45 percent 39 percent from twos for honor well those are down to 27 percent and 28 percent respectively so down nearly 20 percent on threes and down a little more than 10 percent on two-pointers. And also what I think is really noticeable here is five more minutes per game for Nick Honor here as well. And if you look at the game log here, again, before Grill is injured, the most minutes Honor played all season was 32. Well, he's played more than 32 minutes all but two times since. He played 38 minutes against South Carolina, 34 against Kentucky, 37 against Georgia, 
Quite honestly, we're just asking Honor to do too much right now. He isn't a, a, a wildly different player. But again, I mentioned his two-point percentage. Well, last year on the entire season, he shot 78 two-pointers. So far this season, we're not even at the halfway point. He's already put up 61. So we're getting pretty close to him getting to that two-point attempt amount last season again even though we're not even halfway home that kind of tells you something that tells you that honor is just having to put his putting a little too much stress on his game it's like a rubber band that just can't quite bend anymore and if you pull it too hard it's just going to snap there's a certain limit to what he can do at, at five foot ten as a pure point guard on the basketball court and quite honestly somebody like Isaiah Mosley would have been perfect on this Missouri basketball team without getting into whatever was happening on the off the court for Mosley last season and why maybe he wasn't really welcome back for this offseason for this season. I don't know. It just seems like the Missouri, the Dennis Gates and Isaiah Mosley thing had kind of run its course at a certain point, but I'm just telling you, there was a young man who could get his own shot one-on-one. If the offense bogged down, you could always get him the ball, and at the very least, he's going to have a decent step-back three-pointer, and oftentimes he's going to beat somebody off the dribble and get something pretty good in the mid-range too. So while his kind of weird herky-jerky game was a little bit a little bit unusual and unique for sure. I, I still think he's a guy that, unfortunately, he's not to the Michael Porter Jr. level of what-ifs, but a real what-if there for sure. Another Columbia guy who just, for whatever reason, is one year in Columbia with Mizzou just didn't quite work out. But that's just too bad because, well, I still wish Mosley all the best at the in the G League, all, his future basketball career. Just would have been nice to have one real season with Mosley in black and gold, because I'm still a pretty big believer in his overall talent, especially on this roster. Man, he would have looked really good this season as somebody who could get you a bucket basically anytime you needed it, at least get you a good look. So, and with all that being said, hopefully this has been a good look for you <laughs> listening to today's podcast. I genuinely appreciate you all being here. As always, and you know what, for your second listen, once again, check out Locked On Sports Today for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel over on YouTube. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.